created live on Fireside. Hello, everybody, and welcome to Athletic Definition. I am your host, Coach Ray Z, covering the latest in sports and fitness news and what's trending in fitness around the world. This morning, I was going to go play basketball with my son, and there was rain. And, you know, if you're just going to go out and work out, I always say water doesn't bother you. It doesn't affect you. So you're going to get your miles in. But to play basketball, to be jumping and landing and running laterally, then that becomes dangerous. So I ended up having to miss my basketball workout with my son this morning. But don't worry, I will get my running in and my miles and my workout in today. So that for that reason, I'm coming to you with a special Saturday edition of Athletic Definition Sports and Fitness News. So there you go. That is why I'm here today. A little bit of rain is helping out the broadcast. Today, some of the news topics I'm going to be covering is live MMA events and virtual reality, stakes out of thin air, keeping fans out of games, and Vegas is charging to watch games. Also, be sure to stick around to the very end. I'm going to be talking about my very own virtual race that I'm creating for next year. Let's start off with some YouTuber, Jake Paul versus former UFC middleweight champion, Anderson Silva. That is about couple weeks away i'm just wondering your guys's takes are you guys interested in still seeing these type of fights are they getting kind of played out what do you guys think about crossover fights what do you guys think about jake paul is he a real fighter now this is probably his biggest test i'm looking forward to it just to see what's going to happen so i will be tuning into that fight but be sure to let me know drop a comments or you can go to the athletic definition instagram or youtube leave a comment anywhere pretty much spotify you can find me or how about you join me on fireside live and be part of the audience and you can come up and give me some feedback next up is we're underway in mlb playoffs baseball playoffs and the padres i know my dodgers they're they're hurting right now we went five and oh the first game and now we dropped two but the Padres are attempting to limit Dodger fans out of Petco Park for and and basically what they're doing is they're using technology it's called geofencing technology and basically what it does is it's keeping track of your IP address so if you're outside of the San Diego area and, and the areas that they basically limited it to you're not going to be able to buy a ticket now, this became popular, I would say, sometime maybe a year ago, where the Los Angeles Rams tried to keep the 49ers fans out of uh, SoFi Stadium, which typically the 49er fans outnumber the, the home Ram team. Uh, but they ended up not doing it. They ended up, it, it got a lot of media attention and a little controversy. So they ended up not doing it. Petco Park, as far as I know, they're going to continue to do it. Other things that teams have done, like the Tennessee Titans, they basically don't release the tickets to you till two days before, so there's less chance of you trying to resell them. What do you guys think of other fan bases or owners or teams trying to keep out other teams from showing up and showing support to a team? I personally don't like it. 
There's another way uh, with a company called Sale. No, sorry. It's called Save Ticket. And with this, you just can't like give the ticket away to anybody else. Like if you had an actual physical paper ticket, because with the technology, the barcodes change every 15 seconds. So you actually have to change the person's information to be able to give it to someone else. And then with that, basically companies can use it to retarget you, to sell you more tickets, season tickets, things of that nature. I really just don't like you trying to keep fans out. Is it our fault that some fans are more dedicated and willing to travel and fly and get hotel arrangements? It's still good for the city. It's probably better for the city than if a locals were to do it because maybe the locals will eat dinner at home and then go straight to the game and come back home. Whereas someone who's traveling is going to maybe see more of the nightlife, spend a little bit more money because they're out and about versus some of the locals. So that's something that they should consider. Let me know what you guys think. And then there is a startup company that's trying to make juicy steaks out of thin air. And this is basically some forgotten NASA research that was done from the 1960s. And basically, they didn't end up going to Mars. So it kind of got forgotten about. Up until recently, in 2008, this company was working on getting basically air proteins, uh, which somehow they're going to convert air into meat. And now I guess you fast forward a few years later, uh, I think his name is Reed and I can't remember the other guy's name, but in 2009, they relocated to California and they started a, a California company that aims to make meat out of thin air where the proteins come from. The company is is taking carbon dioxide and what they do is they transform it into a juicy steak according to them they can also do it with salmon i think they're working on it with chicken it, it says the process is similar to making yogurt and i don't know i'm not sure i i definitely think that we need some alternatives i just don't know about the quality and how it tastes. If you guys have heard some of my past shows, I'm not a big fan of Beyond Meat and Impossible Meat. Our system doesn't really know what to do with it. So anytime that they come up with something new, I just always think, is our body going to be able to handle it? And just because something's new doesn't always mean it's good for you. We all know that health and fitness is really a lot to do with what you eat. So as far as us consuming something that has... I don't know how many people it's been tested on or anything like that. Would I try it? I would try it. And then I guess I would make my decision from there. But even, let's say I think it tastes really good. Would I want to continue to eat it? I don't know. It, it. We don't know what type of diseases or anything else it may cause or, or due to your actual body for consuming it. I know that the major issue is as time goes on, population, you know, that there's just not going to be enough food for everybody. Well, we definitely got to do something as a whole. If the concern is that we're not going to have enough food in the future, well, as of right now, we still don't have enough food, not for everybody. I checked, it says roughly estimate we have about 7.98 billion people in the world and around 9 million people die every year of hunger 
and related diseases. So it's 2022 and we still have 9 million people dying per year because of hunger. So it's not something that we should just look into the future and how can we solve it for the future? How about now? How about for those 9 million people that are dying every year because they just aren't hungry enough? And if you listen to what Bill Gates is talking about, even though he's like the largest farm owner of land, he's talking that really it should be rich nations because it's more expensive to produce synthetic type of meat that should be eating it. That doesn't, I'm assuming that the nine people, nine million people that die are probably poorer countries. Um, and so we need to think about them as well. Moving on to the next one, you know, Vegas has changed a lot through the years. One of the things that I really enjoy about Vegas is going to the sports book, making a bet, watching it, going either finding out I didn't make any money in the first half and being able to kind of try to redeem myself with second half betting or just enjoy it, cash in, things like that. And then it's such a different ambiance than going to a game you know typically you go to a game let's say for example the 49ers and the dallas cowboys you're just going to see 49er dallas cowboy jerseys when you go to a casino a sports book you see jerseys from everywhere kind of even more from surrounding areas because it's easier to fly or drive but i mean you can see jets jerseys you can see jaguar jerseys arizona a little bit of everything and people are cheering there for their team it's a great ambiance as far as watching a game. I really enjoy it. But now, Vegas is going to be charging or has started charging for you to watch in sports books, which to me is pretty insane. Uh, in Caesars Palace, $92. And this was last week. The article, I got it from the Wall Street Journal. Everything that I'm letting you know, you can find in the show notes. So $92 at Caesars Palace, and with that, you get some cheap beer. For $220, you get to go in the middle and some cheap beer, from what I heard. For $550, you get unlimited drinks, and I guess you get the VIP best tickets in the house. Now, when you consider it's actually cheaper to go to games for some of these prices, it's going to change the whole ambiance and me actually going and wanting to go to a casino, especially now like in California that they're talking about, or it's up to vote for legalized gambling with such nice houses, uh, houses, such nice TVs and home entertainment centers, surround sound that you can get, have more than one TV uh, with NFL Red Zone. You can pretty much now reproduce a nice sports book casino at your own home where you can watch all the games. And if you guys are going to be charging that much, I mean, it's bad enough. You guys went from free parking to charging for parking. So now you want to charge me to be your guest. You want to charge me for parking. And then you want to charge me to use your sports book. Doesn't make sense to me. I know a lot of businesses have lost money since the pandemic. And some of them, it's not really that they're losing money. It's just that they didn't make as much money as the previous year. So right now, from Mandalay Bay to uh, to the south, all the way up the strip uh, to the Strava Hotel and Casino, most resorts charge parking fees. In fact, 31 casinos of the Las Vegas Strip, uh, all but 12 charge you to park there. And this applies to almost everyone, even guests staying at the MGM or Caesars Entertainment. Let me know what you guys think. Are you guys willing to spend 
more to get into a sports book than maybe what you actually even want to bet? What if you just want to go in there and drop a $20 parlay on a team? What if you just want to go in there and enjoy a couple? Being able to see all the games at the same time is such a cool experience. If you're a football fan, they've gotten more business because of fantasy football and how it's grown. And now it seems like they're just basically trying to make more money and, you know, I'm not down with that. So I will, I'm not willing to pay $550 or even $92 to sit in a sports book when you, I could be more comfortable at home watching the game. So if you are okay with paying $550, okay, unlimited drinks is pretty nice, but to get cheap beer for $92 and have to, some places make you, I, I don't know where it was, but it was charging you $1,000 to get into their sports book. If you want to go to a game, you could probably get tickets, parking, everything else cheaper than that. So I'm not down with paying to get into a sports book, even though I really enjoy the whole environment and ambiance of people cheering and betting and what's going on. Maybe because I worked in Vegas as a sports bookie, but I'm not willing to be part of you charging me. Now, moving on to the next one. It's really hard, even now with technology, to know what's true. Or well, now it says pickleball is the fastest growing sport in the United States. And then I Googled it because I saw one thing on, I think, CNBC. So I Googled it and then I found another article saying soccer. They don't really clarify how many people they asked or what they're basing it on. Is, is it based on sales? And when you say sport, do you mean participants or people actually watching the article I read about soccer, it seemed like they're talking more about the actual fans. And then the article that I read about pickleball seems like it's actually more participants, people playing in it. Now, pickleball, uh, the story that I saw, and I'll attach it on the show notes as mentioned, it's a 23-year-old Anna Bright, and she actually started playing during the pandemic, I guess, like a lot of people. And now she's a pro uh, a year later. That's unheard of. Pretty much any sport you play, anything that you become a pro on, you have to start young, two, three, four. I had a Britney fan last week on, you can check it. It's available episode 149, available everywhere or on Fireside. And she's talking about how she started late at 11 and pretty much any sport you start late, you don't really have a chance to go pro. But in pickleball, it's so new, it's growing that you do have a chance to go pro one year later. So she's now a pro and she's only she she's now making as a pro a hundred thousand to hundred and twenty-five thousand dollars since late February. That five million people started playing the sport. And that's why I'm saying, how do they get those numbers? Because I don't remember ever being surveyed for it. I've never been asked, or I don't know anybody that's been asked. And I have a pretty large community as far as, far as people who work out. And I don't know anyone who plays pickleball. It's similar to tennis, uh, ping pong. It's like a mixture. And I have played it. I played ping pong. I played tennis. I played uh, pickleball. Just never really got my juices flowing, so I never really played it. It is uh, estimated that 40 million people will be playing uh, pickleball by 2030. And it's grown so large, and I think maybe this is why it's growing even more, because it the entry, the entry, in my opinion, to become a pro 
it's still so low since some of the best athletes aren't playing it or even considering it uh, that they're making a lot of money, like $100,000 a year, which is great if you're a professional athlete. I don't know people that have been doing their sport way longer that aren't even making that, but it's making and catching so much attention that Tom Brady is an investor, LeBron James is an investor. So the investors are there, the money's there, and I think that's part of the reason why it's growing. You let me know. Is pickleball something you like to do? Is it something that you enjoy doing? Um, do you find it fun? I would rather play something else, work out, do something else and play pickleball. But I understand we all have different tastes. So a hundred-year-old runner, he's breaking records and defying expectations. His name's Mike Freeman. He's a hundred years old. He's a retired engineer. He logs in three times a week, five to 10 miles, and he has about a 14-minute pace, which to me is incredible. He's completed 60 marathons. He basically started running when his first wife passed away to help fight depression. Since then, he set multiple records, I think at 80 or 81, at 90 for being the fastest marathon. One thing that I've always thought is the older you get, the less competition, especially once you get into the later, later brackets. So it kind of almost makes you be able to set records. So I do look forward to one day, hopefully maybe able to set some sort of record because I just keep going and I'm not planning to stop. You would think, oh, 100 years old, that must take all his energy. No, you know what he likes to do as well? He likes to canoe. And not just to canoe, he likes to race canoes. So what an inspiration, basically showing that you don't have to stop being active at any age. You can always keep going. And I think that's a very important message for everybody to listen. When I first ran my first Los Angeles marathon, there was a doctor who started running late in his life and he passed away. He basically ran Los Angeles marathon until the day uh, he died. And the last mile was a tribute to him. And I just won't forget because his whole message was, it's never too late to get healthy. And this is coming from a doctor who ended up passing away. So anyone out there listening who maybe isn't encouraged or thinks, I'm too old, I'm too out of shape to get started, it's never too late. And speaking of MMA fights and crossover fights, a couple weeks ago, maybe about a month ago, I was talking about, was there a conspiracy in the UFC fight? with Diaz because the whole card got changed around and Dana White tried to say, oh, it was such a melee. It was out of control. You know, this is UFC fight 2,500 and whatever. And we didn't have enough security after having so much experience. There was controversy saying that it was possibly set up some sort of conspiracy. He denied it. He called uh, Brandon Shaw, former UFC fighter, now podcast host. Uh, basically a dumbass saying he didn't know what he was talking about. Then a couple weeks ago, Mark Zuckerberg shows up at a UFC event with his wife and Dana White kind of lied to the press. He didn't really say why, but he said something like he wanted, he blacked out the media for the event. And then he said something like he wanted to give him the night off when he was asked about it. He wasn't honest. So it's obviously now that Dana White is willing to lie. Makes me think, was that fight fixed? Was that was Diaz never meant to actually fight the original fighter? And that's why everything got stitched around? Not quite sure, but basically, I guess 
I thought it had to do with Mark Zuckerberg recently coming out, saying he's a big MMA fan. He's been into it for about a year, even training. Uh, but it really had to do with business. So UFC partners up with Mark Zuckerberg. And basically what they're going to do now is broadcast MMA in VR. And I guess they already started doing it. If you have Fight Pass, which I do not, you could start seeing it. Since he's poured in so much money into VR and his newest headset, I think it's going to be like 1500 Um They feel that he's going to be able to take that fan experience to the next level when they team up with the UFC. So we'll see. Would you guys like to see MMA fights in virtual reality? I still don't have any sort of goggles or virtual reality glasses to let you know if I think it's realistic or not. If there's any drawbacks. So if you do have them, you let me know what you guys think. I would love to know. But he is going to be struggling because uh, Meta is fighting with a, a Federal Trades Commission with complaints of him basically kind of dominating the whole VR fitness. He's trying to buy another company. We'll see how that goes along and if that will hurt the whole UFC teaming up with him in the future. I wanted to say congratulations to everyone who ran the London Marathon last week, the Long Beach Marathon last week, and completed it. Or even if you failed, as long as you attempted it, give it your best. Today, locally here, we had the Pomona 5K. Congratulations to everybody who completed that. And today, well, actually, well, today would have been my second day. This weekend is the loss of uh, the late is the Los Angeles. This weekend is the Lake Tahoe Triple Marathon. It started on Friday. Today would be day two. Tomorrow would be the last day. I have uh, had to delay it because of the pandemic and then defer it because of injury and then injury again. Unfortunately, I will not be competing this year. I think it's still a great event. I will go back next year. It'll be like three years later than I wanted to. But because I got bit by a dog, had an infection, I wasn't able to basically get my rooms and everything I needed, my airplane ticket, everything. And with inflation, getting everything last minute just wasn't going to work out for me. So I look forward to going back next year and attempting and completing the Lake Tahoe Triple Marathon. It's a great event. Hopefully, if anybody's interested, it's beautiful there and you can see me there next year. The last thing is I wanted to announce that I have created and I'm working on a Halloween virtual race for next year, 2023. So if you're interested, you can click on the link or go to athleticdefinition.com, go to the fourth page or the contact us, leave your name, your information. And as soon as I get more details on the event, I will email it to you. Besides that, I'm not going to be emailing you. It's just basically for the event. I don't have a newsletter yet. It's just basically for a Halloween 5K. And I'll have different options, but it's going to be an NFT race. So you will receive an NFT along with your shirt, your medal, probably hoodie, and a couple other things that I'm working on. I'm going to have a free option, and then I'm going to have a paid option. Because my whole goal is to get people to work out. And I understand that some people just don't value something that they don't pay for, which I understand. But then there's people who just don't have the money. And if you don't have the money, I don't feel that you should miss out 
on a chance to get excited about working out, get excited about doing something for yourself fitness-wise. So that's why I'm going to be providing a free option where you still get to be part of the community. I don't want to exclude people for not having money. And then I will have different packages in case you're interested in getting more goodies. That's what I'm working on. It'll be October 2023. And you can get more details by going to my website, athleticdefinition.com, which I created all by myself. So hopefully you guys like it. Still working on it. It's a work in process. Never had any computer, website experience or anything like that, but I'm excited for it and see what else I can create. Definitely something Christmas in mind coming up, but we'll see. So I want to thank everybody for joining Athletic Definition Sports and Fitness News, covering what's trending in fitness and sports around the world. This is episode 152 with me, your host, Coach Ray Z. Until next time, I'm out.